And uh, I'm excited to share with you guys some of my friends here who are going to be uh, joining with you. Um, man, if you guys are tuning in, let us know where you're watching from, where you're tuning in from, and uh, let us know uh, how we can uh, help you guys. We're excited to uh, talk today about marriage. You guys know there's a lot of going stuff going on in the world today, talking about um, a lot with marriage and uh, people growing up in divorced homes and single homes and all this kind of stuff. And so I was just meeting with a guy yesterday talking about um, just the importance of um, marriage and marriage coaching, marriage counseling. And uh, Steve and Melissa are passionate about this. They've devoted their life to this. And uh, so I'm really excited for you guys to hear from them, um, hopefully get some uh, advice, some tips, things like that. And so we want to deconstruct, we want to pull apart um, ministry and services and give you guys some helpful tips. And so hopefully today, um, I'm sure we will be able to give you guys some stuff today. But uh, Steve and Melissa are awesome. Uh, we've been on staff together. We've been friends. Uh, we've uh, helped, you know, students and adults and all kinds of stuff. And so it's been great to know you guys and to serve with you guys alongside with you guys. Um, just such a heart for people, such a heart for marriages, uh, just really passionate people. Um, they're really down to earth. You guys will, I'm sure you guys are going to enjoy our conversation today. So uh, thank you guys for joining us today. We are going to be talking about is marriage coaching really that important, right? Uh, I think a lot of times we talk about it as being important for other people, uh, but is it really important for us and our marriage and um, for, for us? Is it really that valuable? And as pastors, is it that valuable for us to provide it for our staff or even for ourselves? And so we want to talk all about that. Um, but uh, Steve, Melissa, why don't you guys go ahead and uh, take over and introduce yourselves because you guys do a much better job than I do. So tell us just a little bit about yourselves, a little bit about your ministry, and then we'll take it from there. Well, we've been married for 16 going on 17 years. Mm -hmm. uh, God really put it on our hearts to do marriage and relation ministry uh, early on, and we officially kicked off Bridge Builder Marriage Ministry in 2013. 2013. We did. Uh, so, yeah, we um, felt like God called us to the ministry a little bit about us. Um, I was married for 20 years before um, I met Steve. Uh, I, I was the one who left the marriage after 20 years. At the time, we had three children. I had three children. They were uh, 6, 12, and 16. And um, I was raised in rural western Oklahoma. So I was living in a little tiny town with about 200 other people. And Stephen and I actually met online way back in the day. And yeah, um, back, back when there was uh, dial-ups and chat rooms. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't know what dial-ups and chat rooms are these days. But anyway, uh, so yeah. And so we, he was from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and um, God just divinely orchestrated our our connection. He left everything he had, everything he knew, and came to uh, join a pre-assembled family in rural Western Oklahoma. And as, as we walked through that, what we found was um, that early on, God would begin to talk to us about marriage. We thought it, we thought it was brilliant at the time. Uh, we had, in retrospect, we look back and think, you know, we are the fulfillment of the scripture where it says God uses the weak and foolish things of the world to confound the wise. I'm, I'm not sure whether I'm the weak or the foolish, but I, I cover one of those things. We take turns every other day, I think. 
but anyway, so we just decided to answer the call of God on our life. Uh, in 2013, we founded Bridge Builder Marriage Ministry. And um, God has taken us not only through ministry school, from working in ministry, but also through uh, just our own lives and what the word has to say about, the, uh, about uh, marriage and family. And, uh, and so we're super passionate about having people experience God's version of marriage and what that looks like. Um, and, and our family is an example of how it works and, why it do- and when it doesn't work. Yep. And we, uh, we managed to, to go through a, a bunch of uh, trials and, and tribulations from early on. And it was, it was only serving to fuel our passion to help others have a successful marriage because marriage is God's idea and God's ideas are always good. Sure. And so many people out there are struggling in their marriage and they don't see marriage as good. They see marriage as, as, as a struggle. And it's, that's just not how God designed it. Right. Um, so we believe uh, if you do marriage God's way, you have a hundred percent chance of being successful. God wrote a book about it. The Bible starts with the wedding and ends with the wedding and everything in between is look, uh, groom looking for his bride. And so uh, we just want to present uh, marriage strictly from the gospel perspective with a lot of practical how to's. Uh, for people that are both in ministry and and just regular congregants or anybody in the world. Yeah, that's so great. Uh, really love what you guys are doing. Um, so, once you guys just tell us, you know, obviously a marriage, you know, is important to God. Um, marriage is super important. Um, and just tell us, you know, in your guys' opinion, um, what do you guys feel like is um, like one of some of the biggest challenges that marriages are facing right now. You guys are doing marriage counseling. You guys do marriage conferences. Um, we'll talk more about those later. But just big picture, as you guys are meeting with couples, um, what do you guys feel like are some of the biggest challenges right now facing uh, marriages right now? Well, first off, I think what you've got is is you've got a, a culture that is – putting uh, exaggerated value on busyness and activity and couples are filling their lives with so much stuff that they don't have any time to dedicate to one another. And I think a lot of people, you know, we're inundated with the culture that says, Hey, it's easy to live together. You maybe don't need to be married. Uh, Gender is fluid now. So we get to decide what we want to do. And a lot of we, we live in a society where, a lot of the Bible has been removed from every part of it. So most of the couples that we work with, even couples that come to us uh, through the referral of a, of a pastor or a church and maybe the regular church attenders, they don't really know even then how what the Bible has to say. Uh, so first of all, we have to start them there. And second of all, uh, most people don't get a lot of marriage help before they get married. Uh, maybe they get four or five you know, pre-marriage counseling sessions, but it doesn't really help them uh, figure out the problems. It's funny. Our son is a pastor and he said, he came to us one day and he said, you know, I'm pretty sure that most, most couples fall apart because their finances are a problem. And he's like, you know, that that's, that's the biggest issue. And, and we laughed and we said, that's not the biggest issue. The biggest issue is men don't know how to talk to women and women don't know how to talk to men. And you don't know what you don't know. And so uh, a lot of our couples come that way, but society is really, they've devaluated men. 
Uh, we have we live in a society where the feminist movement has taken over and, and told women they can be men, which is so silly. That's never how God created it. And, and so we want to really help people redefine what their role is according to the word of God. You know, and it's it's funny because they come to us with all these troubles and it's because they didn't ever get any help before they got all sorts of well wishes they got presents they got go get them tiger and they didn't get any practical help on how to be married well yeah so um we just come at it kind of from that way and and the truth is it's we're inundated uh through social media through the internet with um this the world's view of marriage the world's view of relationships the world's view of men and women and if that's your only basis for knowing how to do marriage, then you're probably not going to be all that successful. And the truth is we don't, we, we run into the same kind of problems with pastors uh, when we counsel with pastors that the regular people have and, um, and, and pastors, you know, people think, well, pastors should know this stuff. And, and a lot of them just don't know. You know, and a lot of them, they, they are swamped. A lot of them are bivocational. So they're, they're working two jobs. They're, they're trying to, to, shepherd a flock and the the sheep that lives in the same pen with them is the one that's getting neglected yeah so yeah you guys you guys brought up an interesting point which was social media so how do you guys feel like obviously social media is huge obviously you know it's changing the world uh how do you guys feel like it's changing marriages um the impact on marriage uh what do you guys you know feel like on, on that well, there's some kind of uh, super crazy statistic that I can't remember off the top of my head, but like 80% of divorces that are filed have the word Facebook somewhere in the in the reason for divorce. And so, uh, again, you know, hey, I connected with my old boyfriend in high school and he looks so much better than the person that I'm married to or whatever. Yep. And and I think there's that there's just that we that high connectivity of people through social media that can sometimes cause a lot of problems. And it's one thing if if you're you're connecting with with your cousin in Florida. It's another thing if you're intentionally looking up ex-boyfriends and girlfriends to see what they're doing and and whether or not they're single. Right. I mean it it connects you to all the sorts of people that you haven't thought about in 15 years. Right. So what what's the benefit of reconnecting with them now? The other thing about social media is we all know social media is everybody's highlight reel. Listen, my social media is my highlight reel. Uh, it's it's I try to be real on it sometimes, but I'm not talking necessarily all the time about uh, the day I'm mad at Steve and what that looks like. So when people look at our marriage through the through the lens of social media, what they see is the best part of us or uh, they, you know, they see this adventurous thing. And then they begin to come in comparison is one of the deadly sins of social media because we begin to compare ourselves. Well, oh, gosh, they have a great marriage. Look at them. That 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 magnifies the mess in my own marriage. And so there's that social media also is uh, the gateway to pornography and all of those other uh, things that you know, really bring problems into marriage. So while it's good and we we as ministry people should utilize it to our benefit and put out some stuff out there that's going to help people, it's also can be, it, it's, it is a double-edged sword for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, uh, you know, really tough to 
balance that, right? Um, mm-hmm. How do we use it for good? How do we use it for obviously the benefit? I mean, even like right now, like this video going on social media, right? Like providing some good content, but uh, you know, it has the, the, the temptation of opening up other doors that maybe we didn't uh, intend for it to open. Um, you know, and also it's, you know, it's, it's one of those, uh, my, you know, my uh, friend of mine posted you know, a picture of his grass and it's like, man, look at how green my grass is, but you should also see my water bill and my fertilizer bill. <laughs> right, like, exactly. You know, it takes a lot of work, a lot of money, a lot of energy to keep this grass green. I think that's also the temptation a lot of times with social media is like you said, uh, Melissa, you know, man, it, it looks great, but they didn't see the arguments and the fights and the, but there was a five minute window when we like looked great and we were having fun and we took our picture and that's what we posted, but everyone didn't see, you know, the, or like, you know, when you go on a date, you know, uh, you know, the, maybe the wife's taken forever to get, get dressed and get ready, get their makeup on. And the man's like yelling, man, let's go. We're late. Then we go on the date and, Oh, everything's perfect. Right. It was like, it's all stress getting there. Right. And so, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, changing the game for sure. Um, and so with that, I mean, I know you guys are involved in marriage ministry resources, conferences, books, and podcasts, and you guys are in it all day long. So what are a couple pro tips that you guys might be able to give us for keeping a marriage healthy and strong? What are some just kind of insider pro tips that maybe you guys use um, that you guys talk about in your count, in your coaching or your conferences? This is a super easy question yeah. for us to answer. Uh, we tell everybody the same thing. Uh, the first time we meet them, whether they're a pastor, whether they're just a regular person, uh, whatever. Uh, we, it, we, we taught it to, to 15 couples last night <laughs> in, a, in a class at, at Victory. Week one, lesson one, every time. First, a conversation almost with everybody. Pray the blessing out loud to your spouse so they can hear it every day. day. Yeah. You know, it's funny because we invite all of our couples to begin to do that, just to pray the blessing over their spouse together and then have then the, the other spouse prays back. And and it's it's so powerful when you hear uh, your spouse's heart to the Lord for you. And this is not, you know, that prayer, God, could you just fix them? This is the ways that, this is just all the ways that I could invite God to be good to you today. And, um, you know, it doesn't sound like it's a big deal. We're talking about, you know, a minute, two minutes tops. Uh, but could I just start your day by inviting God to be good to you? And, um, you know, you hear things from your, your spouse that they might not tell you otherwise, but they're talking to the Lord on your behalf. And, um, I'm telling you, we had that and, and then having, you know, reading one verse of the Bible together with your spouse every day and just talking about like, what did, what did they, what did you learn from that? What did that speak to you about? Um, those kinds of things. And it's, it seems so elementary and it seems so foundational, but the truth is we talk to pastors every day that don't do that. And, uh, but it, it, it is hard to stay mad at somebody who is asking God to be good to you today. And the number one complaint we hear when we present this to people is, well, we don't have time. We're so busy. Well, if we're talking about a minute and a half prayer, that's three minutes total. You're telling me you don't have three minutes to sow into your marriage? You got to be clowning. Right. Everybody's got three minutes somewhere. Uh, and, and it's so funny. So we just challenge anybody who's listening to this, uh, put it into practice. 
you know, grab your spouse by the hands and say, hey, kiss, hey, can I just have like a minute of your time? I just want to pray for you. And the truth is we bless our food. Uh, we bless our children. We bless our churches. Um, we pray for our car if it's having trouble starting. Yeah. And, and, and we bless everything, but we forget to bless our spouse. And, and the truth is we'll say, hey, do you do you pray for your spouse? And everybody will say, of course we pray for our spouse. Yes, we pray for them. And and then if I ask the the the, the other spouse, I say, what what has your husband prayed for you recently? Well, I don't know. Right. Well, that's why you got to tell them. Right. You got to pray over them so they know what you're praying. And and it is just it is you would be surprised how powerful that one simple thing is in changing marriages. Yeah, it almost seems too simple, right? But right. Oftentimes the scripture tends to be that way. Um, yeah. It kind of seems like if you just read it do it some for some reason it works uh yeah. you know so uh diving in here again you know i like to get real practical and that was i mean thank you guys that's super practical super easy um you know i love it when it's not uh well we got to go on this huge thing or we got to do you know it's just real simple can you find two three four minutes a day um and i love even the idea of just man just reading one scripture verse right it's mm -hmm. not the whole chapter or whatever. I mean, just start somewhere. Right. Um, and then hopefully it grows. Uh, so talking about resource, I know you guys have resources on your guys's website that you guys have, have written. You guys have mm -hmm. personals, you guys have uh, conference materials, you have books, all kinds of stuff. So, but what about some other resources? I mean, talk about yours obviously, but also maybe some other, I know you guys are certified through, um, some uh, marriage ministries, things like that. So just kind of talk about some resources that maybe are out there for pastors uh, to use or even just uh, the, the congregation members in their own marriages. Well, one of the things that we think is so important is the local church comes in all sizes. And regardless of the size of the church, what we do is, is we have all of the materials for our conferences ready to go. You provide the building and the people, and we bring everything else. And that's whether you're a church of 50 or whether you're a church of 5,000. Right. And um, and so, so we always want to resource churches. One of the things that we have uh, that we've created is a book called Brick by Brick. And we use it with a lot of our pre-marriage, well, we use it with all of our pre-marriage couples, but we also use it uh, in small group settings. It is a book that we've written that covers the eight important topics in marriage, a God-centered marriage, his needs, her needs, sex, money, conflict resolution, uh, family culture, affair-proofing your marriage. All of those topics are in there, and it's we've created a workbook that's built into the book. Uh, very user-friendly, very easy. One of the things we love to resource churches with is we will come and teach your leaders how to teach our book because um, we want them to be able to sustain it. You know, if we come and do a conference at your church, that's great. And they're going to walk away with some practical things that they can do tomorrow. Uh, but you know what? Not everybody's going to come and new people are going to show up at your church and you're going to run into new people that need, need help with their marriage. And so uh, we want to use that. One, that's one of the resources that we use. We also have uh, five or six 14 day devotionals that couples can use uh, just to get started with something. Uh, they're short. They're easy to read. Uh, they're not, you know, deep and theological necessarily. They can be. The Holy Spirit can take you to a lot of places through them, but they're created 
for both people who don't know anything about the word and for people who have been in the in the word for a long time. And so those are available. We are certified through Jimmy Evans Marriage Today as well. It's one of our certifications. And so we think anything Jimmy Evans has written is worth reading. He's, he's only been doing marriage for 30 years. So yeah. I'm pretty sure he's picked up on some stuff along the way. He, he's one of the top premier uh, people, we have a lot of couples who come to us that have trouble with their sex life. And one of the one of our favorite books that we love to recommend for those people who are struggling in the intimacy department in their marriage is a book called Sheet Music by Dr. Kevin Lehman. And uh, we utilize that all the time. Uh, we don't think you can go wrong with the five love languages. Um, that's a book that's been around for decades, but it hasn't lost its ability to to teach. So uh, so between, you know, the things that you can find on our website versus uh, just the things that are out there in the public realm, there's a lot of help. And, and let's don't forget the most important book, and that's the Bible. Uh, one of the things that we believe is that God created marriage is to be a type and shadow of Christ in the church to the world. And uh, it's one of the most important, God, most important reasons God created marriage. And so as you want to become a better wife, all you have to do is go through the New Testament, look at how the church engages with Christ. You know, it's funny because if you go into the back of your Bible and look at your concordance, there is not as many references to husbands and wives as you would think. But if you look at it through the lens that if the husband is Christ and the wife is the church, all of a sudden there's this enormous wealth of biblical wisdom that's going to tell you how to be married well. Right. And so for husbands, if Jesus did it, you should do it. And um, and if, if you've received, if the church has received instruction in the word somewhere, then you ought to, as a wife, that should be your role as you interact with your husband. So let's don't forget the best book written on uh, Bible authority for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Those are great resources. I know a couple of uh, ones that uh, Sarah and I have used. Uh, is it his needs, her needs, uh, those are great. And uh, I know, uh, I'm going to say recently, but probably is not even close to recent now, but uh, is they've made another one. It's like his needs, her needs with kids. Mm -hmm. um, and so both those are really good. I, I think too, you know, I, as you guys know, I'm a big fan of assessments. Um, yeah, definitely the, the five love languages is huge. I think even things like the Enneagram or DISC or any of those where you can better understand each other. You know, when, when I've do dove in and, uh, you know, Sarah, my wife is a one and, you know, I'm a three. And, and so those have a lot of uh, complimentary things, but they're also have a lot of conflict things. And so we can just openly talk about those. And it's not, it's no longer like about us as a person like you, Sarah. It's more about like the personality type. And so right. it's a little bit easier to talk about it and not as confrontational because it's like, well, you want everything to be perfect. Well, no, like, like, ones in the Enneagram want things, they find things that are per like want how to better the world, right? And so it's like, oh, okay, so it's not just like a nitpicking thing about you, like that's an actual personality type or the five lang love languages, right? Like, okay, you prefer gifts or acts of service. And so it just kind of helps take it out of being you specifically and like, oh, it's actually personality. There's actually like some rules to follow here, you could say, you know, so um, you know, let's talk into uh, maybe some of the pastors that are watching right now. Do you guys feel like it's important to provide uh, marriage counseling for their staff? Um, and why is it so important for them to even provide that for their uh, people in the church? 
And and then on on the flip side, if they can't provide it themselves, they feel like, man, I'm not qualified or man, I don't have the time. Um, what are some ways for them to provide that without them having to be the only one doing it? For sure. Um, I'm going to share a little bit of our story for a second. Um, one of the struggles that we've walked through in our life is, um, and we're very open about it. We talk, obviously we're going to talk about it on Facebook live, but, um, Steve struggled with pornography early in our relationship. And it was one of those places where we, who do you go to talk to about that? Right. Um, you know, anytime we ran into problems, especially when I was on staff at, at a church, uh, we, we found this place where you, you didn't know if it was really safe to share what was going on in your life. And so pastors find themselves in a place where uh, when you can't talk about it, when you can't get help for it, when you can't bring it out into the open, uh, you're only as healthy as your sickest secrets. And, um, you know, secrets make you sick. And who do you talk to? And this is something that we found traditionally to be true with pastors. Uh, no lead pastor is going to go to his associate staff and say, hey, listen, by the way, I'm, I'm struggling with porn or I'm thinking about having an affair or anything like that. Uh, and no associate pastor is going to go tell their pastor that either. And so one of the things I was on staff and, and Steve ran into a problem with that while I was on staff, not necessarily the porn, but just how to have conversations with people outside of that. Yeah, I was I was in a box because I didn't want to go to the pastors because I didn't want to complain to Melissa's boss about Melissa. Uh, my friends in the church were generally part of my small group and I didn't want to undermine her leadership in the small group that we led together by talking to them about it. And, you know, we're a strong advocate of not complaining about your spouse to your family because they're already on your side and you're only going to create a, a wedge between your family and your spouse. So I was like, where do I go? What do I do? And one of the great things about Bridge Builder is that we're not your church, but we, we've been on, in a staff situation. We've been in a congregate situation. So we've, we've been on both sides of, of that particular issue. Being, being independent and not connected to any church allows you to have a safe outlet that doesn't, doesn't you know, put your, your business out for everybody to see. Well, and the other thing is it doesn't jeopardize, we're not going to, it doesn't jeopardize anybody's ministry. And I think that's the biggest fear is if I come out to somebody about something that's going on uh, in my life, uh, in a public way, I, you know, they're going to either tell me to sit down, they're going to, you know, um, they're going to remove me from my ministry, uh, all of those kinds of things. And, and, and we are sometimes there are there are times when uh, situations are bad enough that, hey, listen, uh, God has never asked you to sacrifice your family on the altar of the church. And uh, so there are sometimes when when there would be a need for you to step down and take a break and regroup and recycle. And that's true, but it's not always the case. And what we found is that if pastors will step up early instead of waiting till the, till the problem is so it is to the place where we're going to say, listen, you're going to have to take a break from ministry just to get yourself in order and to find healing in your own heart and the heart of your spouse. Uh, if, if pastors had a place where they could talk about regular things and struggles and stuff like that in a safe environment where they knew it was confidential, where they knew that um, they were going to be able to say whatever they wanted to say in a judgment-free environment and, and find help, then 
we wouldn't be having pastors who need to step down from their ministry. Our son is a pastor. We said, I, we said that a little bit earlier, and he's a very uh, pro marriage counseling person. Uh, marriage counseling saved his marriage. And uh, for, a, for a long period of time, he required that his staff went to marriage counseling at least once a month and the church paid for half of their sessions. And they had to pay, the, the, the pastor had to pay for half of it, but he paid for half of it too. And so um, it is, you know, being in ministry looks glamorous, but it's stressful and it puts the stress on every member of your family. And uh, the devil's, you're the, you're the biggest target. The devil wants to take you out. He wants to silence you. And uh, so he's going to constantly, you know, be shooting those arrows at you that could lead you to that place. And so we tell pastors that we work with this. We'll meet in the middle of a forest. Nobody will know you met with us unless you tell them. Um, you we, can prefer, we prefer to avoid the forest. But if, if that's the, the last resort, yeah. we'll meet you in the forest. Yeah. And one of the things that I think is is so essential and so underlooked is if you have a regular counseling appointment, what it does is it keeps the stress and the issues from building up, building up, building up, building up till they get to a breaking point. If you can, if you have something set up for sort of regular maintenance, then the, the little issues stay little and they don't turn into giant issues that, that create a crisis that you can't get out from under. And, and the other thing that I think is that like we had a pastor, that, a couple that we worked with not too long ago and, um, and we'd actually done a conference in their church and they said, hey, we think we're going to, you know, maybe see you once a quarter kind of as a routine thing. And we're like, great, that'd be terrible. That'd be terrific. So we went and met with them the first time, and they're like, "Yeah, we think we'll see you again next week." And because they brought it, they were able to bring up some problems that they didn't even recognize that they had, that they just needed a safe place to talk through. And so we walked them through kind of that situation in their life. We stay connected to them on a regular basis, even now, and we see them as they need, you know, just kind of as a routine maintenance checkup thing now. But it's been really helpful for them. And uh, one of the things that we love to offer churches is like, let us come, we'll come spend the day at your staff. All of your staff can see us and uh, with their spouses or whatever. And it's just a routine maintenance thing. It's just like uh, anything else you do. It's, it's leadership training. It's, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's good. And uh, I mean, it's kind of like getting uh, the oil change in your car exactly. right? or the engine blows up, right? You just kind of do it. Uh, you know, you got the sticker saying, you know, coming up and, 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 you know, for me, I don't even think about my oil, but every once in a while I look at the sticker, right. And I say, okay, well, you know, I'm a thousand miles away. So I got to start thinking about it a little bit or, you know, oh shoot, man, like, you know, I'm a little bit over. And so I think having like, you so he's talking about like that routine. Oh man, like every quarter we're supposed to go or every month, whatever it is. It's like, oh man, we missed it. So let's go and uh, be, get it before it becomes the engines on fire and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And so just that routine maintenance is so good, um, so important. And so I think, too, you know, just going to marriage conferences uh, is important and being part of that and uh, having it being a part of your conversation with friends. And so, um, you know, what do you guys say? I'm, I'm sure you guys um, experience this a lot where people haven't gotten the oil change, you could say. They haven't uh, been working on it and they feel like there's no hope for our marriage uh, this is over. I'm sure you guys encounter that a lot where by the time you, they come to you, they're, you know, they've got the papers on the table. Uh, maybe they've even signed it. They just haven't mailed it yet. Right. And so what would you say to that couple that says, 
you know, there's no hope for our marriage. There's no hope for us. We've, we've run into that exact situation on a number of occasions where they've been, you know, the husband's living in a different house, in a different state, and they decide to, to throw one last Hail Mary to, to try to save their marriage. And oddly enough, if, if you take the biblical prescription to what ails your marriage, you're going you're gonna to have success. And, and this one particular couple that we saw very early on in our, our ministry, we, we got them back on the right track and, and they were, they were on the jagged edge. Yeah, and they, were, we, they were the worst. Yeah, we got them back on track. We got everything going. They came to us probably two years later uh, with with some some struggles. We we reminded them of doing what works. They got the same results they got the first time, and eventually they started sending their kids to us. Yeah. So we've seen so many members of their family and friends just because of that. But here's the thing: it's not over. And, and even in situations, I mean, we've worked in situations where there's been infidelity or uh, pornography or trust violation of some variety. And, and again, it goes back to if you apply biblical principles to your marriage, every situation is able to be saved. Uh, now, again, abuse is a different situation, and that's a whole nother gamut that I probably we don't have time to go into, but uh, as far as just routine, like I don't like you anymore, uh, you make me mad, uh, we have nothing in common, um, you know, the church gets the best of you and I don't get any of you, those kinds of situations, uh, usually it's not nearly as bad as people think it is when you actually have a chance to sit down and talk to it, talk to each other. And if you have a place, most of the time it comes because they don't talk about the problems and they don't talk about the, the issues and they don't fix anything until they're fighting World War III. And it's like, oh my gosh, we should get some help. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I will say this and I, I, it's bragging totally 100% and I'll just call it what it is. But the truth is 87% of the couples that we work with stay together and do marriage fairly well. Not all of them live happily. I wouldn't say all of them are living the dream every happily ever after, but they are still in it and their kids are not suffering at the hands of those divorce papers. And one of to to one of the points that Melissa just made is is they don't talk about it. And it's because oh, every time we talk about it we get into a fight. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why you come to our office. You have a, a safe environment where you can bring up your issues, where there's a, a third party to, to play referee, if you will, to, to call a foul when there's a foul, and to, to reaffirm valid points that both sides of the argument makes. And if you've got that place where you can hash out your issues, your issues don't wind up you know, eating your, your marriage alive. Right. The other thing that Stephen and I do that a lot of places don't do is every one of our couples are going to work with Stephen and I together at the same time. So we do two on two counseling. So every husband has a partner. Every wife has a partner. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to be the wife's partner and Steve's going to be the husband's partner. Sometimes those lines cross a little bit. Uh, More often it, than you'd think. But it is it's interesting that um, that having that dynamic of the of dual counseling at the same time really does level the playing field. And, uh, you know, we can call fouls when they're there on, uh, you know, I can call a wife out when she's being disrespectful and, and uh, Steve can, you know, 
talk to a husband when he's not being, uh, you know, not being kind and loving to his wife or whatever. And so that helps a lot. And it's something that we offer that a lot of places aren't going to, aren't going to provide for you. Yeah. I love that. So, uh, you know, kind of wrapping up here, who is somebody or, uh, I know you already mentioned Jimmy Evans, but are there some other people that have had a really big impact on your marriage, on your ministry? Who are some of uh, people that are out there just really, you know, really spoken into through, you know, either personal contact or just their resources that really impact you guys? Well, one of the, one of the first places that we went to when we got serious about doing marriage was we had uh, uh, Dr. John Chastine take us through his, his life coaching class. And, and that really uh, redirected the ship as far as it goes. Cause because we really approach it from a bunch of different angles. We're not looking to uh, be professional listeners. We're counselors, we're coaches, we're mentors, we're teachers. And, and John really brought that, that multi-prong approach to us early on before we even started seeing clients. Right. There's a lot of great marriage ministries out there. Um, you know, um, Dr. Kevin Liebman is has done a lot of great stuff in in the realm of marriage. Um, Gary Smalley's done a ton of great stuff in the area of marriage. Um, Cloud Townsend and Cloud have done a great a lot of great work. So there's a lot of great marriage people out there, um, you know. And it, our thing is, if you're reading something about marriage from a Christian biblical perspective, it's going to help you. Uh, so we don't even, you know, we limit, there's a lot of marriage ministries, even in Oklahoma that are doing really good things. And, uh, and so utilize whatever is available to you, uh, whether it's online, whether it is, um, in a book, whether it is, uh, face-to-face -face counseling, there's just a ton of really great marriage stuff out there. Yeah. A neglect, a neglected resource stops being a resource. Right. Yeah. So I, I love that. There, there's so many great resources available today, even podcasts, things like that. And so uh, let me finish up with this one. Uh, what is something that brings renewal to you guys? Brings renewal to us. Um, you know, we're, we're past, we're, we're, we're in the ministry like a lot of people are. Um, you know, we, we really do try to uh, value our marriage above everything else. And so it's times away. It is important um, if your church can't function without you and your wife there, you know, and they miss you once a quarter, th that there's a whole lot of other issues going along with that. But just the idea of saying, you know what, we're going to, uh, we're going to have a date night. We're going to have um, a weekend away at least once a quarter. We're going to get away for a week, at least a week every year. Where it's just the two of us. Not taking the, I mean, we're empty nesters now, but we don't take the kids with us. It's just the two of us. And that really, um, that really does make a difference. Spending, people forget to spend time together, uh, keeping our priorities in the right order. It is God, it is your spouse, it is your family, it is the church. And when you keep those priorities in order and say, listen, um, you know what, my, my wife is going to have access to me. I'm going to answer her phone calls. I'm going to respond to her text messages. My kids are going to be able to have access to me and I'm not going to never show up at a ball game. And so it's keeping your priorities straight that I think keeps you refreshed, staying in the word, praying the blessing. Um, you know, those kinds of things serving together is a way that refreshes us. And so just really don't forget the, don't forget the simple benefit of, 
spending one-on-one, face-to-face quality time um, with your spouse. And one of the things that particularly seems to uh, befall uh, couples that are in ministry, uh, because their weekends are often spoken for with work, is that they neglect Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And and they wind up going every day, all day, doing something, whether it's it's uh, outreach or services or kids events, and they wind up literally never Sabbathing. It's on the stone tablet for goodness sakes. It's a top tenor, yeah. and and it gets ignored by a lot of couples that we see. And I think I do think that that's a super important thing, and we really do try to guard that in our lives. Um, and say, listen, no, on this day, uh, you know, uh, we don't, we don't do, we don't see clients on, um, we don't see clients at all on Sundays. You know, we don't, uh, we go to church, we rest, we recuperate, unless we're speaking somewhere. Uh, but we really do guard the Sabbath, and I think that's one of the most refreshing things we do because that opens up our lives to God's blessing when we follow His plan. God knew we needed self-care; that's why He created the Sabbath. Like we need to take care of ourselves, and pastors need to work that into their life. They don't need to answer a staff email one one day a week. Your staff can can live without you, and that's an important thing. And your staff should be taking that day too. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one, right? To think yep. that we can survive without answering for one day, right? Well, hey, Steve and Melissa, thank you guys so much for your time. It's been super helpful. Uh, hopefully this has been helpful for you guys as well. So make sure you guys like, subscribe, hit the bell, and uh, we will keep you uh, updated as we continue to record and get more content to you guys. So thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, hopefully uh, we can stay in contact. And uh, again, let us know where you're watching, where you're where you're tuning in from. So, Steve, Melissa, thank you so much for your time. Go Thanks check for having out. us. Yeah, what's the website? BridgeBuilderMM.org. They can get to us from there. Um, and so we want to hear from you. You can follow us on all social media at Bridge Builder Marriage. Um, you know, one of the things we want to make bringing marriage conferences into churches super easy. And so we're going to provide churches with absolutely everything they need to do a conference from from graphics and announcement videos and all that kind of stuff. Uh, We're going to provide you with that stuff so you can just bring us in. Don't neglect the marriage ministry in your church. Yeah, that's great. And we'll have all the links to that in our in the comments for uh, their website, resources, all that kind of stuff. So Steve, Lisa, Bridge Builders, thank you guys so much for your time. Look forward to staying connected with everybody.